Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we're going to get into the left. That, And the point here is that the left loves discrimination, as long as they approve of it. In fact, they're the biggest bigots walking when it comes to race. Because they not only think it's okay to be racist, they cheer when certain races are targeted or suffer from some of their policies. We'll look at that. We'll look at Michelle Malkin, um, who apparently was banned by Airbnb. It's like a place you rent houses across the globe to stay at. Uh, Not only her, but her husband had been banned. We'll look at that a little bit. Uh, Adam Carolla, he spoke the truth about AOC and, oh, the perpetually aggrieved syndrome has outbroken or there's been an outbreak among the left. They're so aggrieved. They're so angry. They can't believe Adam Carolla would just tell the truth. And Robert Stacy McCain of the other McCain has a good piece up we're looking into. Crime is a people problem, which is why I which is why you can't expect Democrats to solve it. Amen. Because Democrats never look at solutions, they look at the ways to use their narratives to change the country further to the left, further to the left. Uh, And that, my friends, is a little preview for you. And now, this important, important message from, well, me. And away we go. Let's kick this off with the uh, a piece from a site called vdare.com. Michelle Malkin writes for it. Uh, a lot of leftists think this is like a white supremacist site. Uh, I read some pretty stupid things on the site. I read some good things on the site. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough to know. I don't think Michelle Malkin is a white supremacist. I think she joined up with a group uh, headed by Nick Fuentes called America First. And I know from watching Nick Fuentes that he he's not a fan of Israel, not a fan of foreign aid to Israel. Uh, does, seems to have a real attitude problem with the nation of Israel for some reason. And I know uh, that he entertained a, a comment on an old show he used to have on YouTube before he got banned. Uh, basically questioning the number of Jews killed during the Holocaust. And he can deny he's he said that or did that, or he can lie about it. But let, face it, I don't like the guy. To me, he's a little bitch. Excuse the French, little bitch. Uh, and I take that from the fact after I got into this and wrote a little bit about it, I went on Twitter and one of his followers had posted something uh, derogatory about Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager, who I'm fans of both. If uh, Ben Shapiro will talk a little slower, it'd be better because it's hard to listen to Ben Shapiro. He talks so damn fast, 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 like this, like this. This is Ben Shapiro. I'm imitating Ben Shapiro talking fast, and I'm still not talking as fast as Ben Shapiro. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, I like him. I like Prager. But this group really uh, was was mocking him, and one of the people there had a comment on Twitter and the, the thing said uh, was questioning Dennis Prager in particular for saying that character matters more than race in judging people. And he was kind of mocking that idea. And I said, well, my comment was simply, Hey, look, of course, character matters more. Your politics aren't just defined by your skin color. 
or your national origin or your ethnicity or religion. They're, they're your values. Uh, and Nick Fuentes, who I was trying to get around to engaging him, uh, hopefully, and he banned me. He gagged me. He, I, I refused to follow me. He blocked me on Twitter. I said, I never even tweeted to the guy. What is he afraid of? I mean, but hey, whatever. But anyway, I don't like him. But and I used to be a huge Michelle Malkin fan until she hooked up with this guy. Uh, but for Airbnb, well, let's talk about what happened first. Michelle wrote this. She said, so here's the grim reality of life in woke America 2022. In November, I spoke at a peaceful conference held by an organization that is deemed a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, I've made my views of them clear. They're a bigger hate group than most of the groups they accuse of being hate groups. Uh uh, also, the Anti-Defamation uh, League. The title of my talk was Race, Immigration, and Con.Inc. How I Came to See the Light. I haven't listened to the talk. I don't know the contents of what she said. I don't care. This isn't about Michelle Malkin's views or how I am far less a fan of hers than I used to be for association with little bitch Nick Fuentes. Uh, she writes, it was a wide-ranging discussion of my three decades of reporting on the nation's demographic and cultural deterioration, which I've chronicled firsthand on college campuses, at our borders, and in every crime-ridden, riot-prone, mass migration transformed metropolis from L.A. to Seattle and Portland to Baltimore, Washington, D.C., New York, and Denver. Uh, Michelle Malkin's written a lot about that. I've agreed with many of the things she said. This isn't whether I disagree with her, agree with her, admire her, don't admire her anymore. It's nothing about that. This is about her expressing her opinions in, in written columns, books, and speeches. And Airbnb targeting her and her husband for that. Uh, she writes, as I've done throughout my career, I lambasted both Swamp Democrats and establishment Republicans for selling us out. The speech delved uh, into the K-20 uh, must oh, Good God, sometimes my mouth just doesn't work anymore. Uh, metastasis of anti-white curriculum, the corporate media's whitewashing of black on Asian attacks, and the long campaign to censor nationalist dissidents who put America first. A week after my talk, San Francisco-based Airbnb uh, notified me that I was banned from using its services ever again and imperiously deleted my accounts as if it never existed. And there's a screen cap here that, that captures the, the communication, the Airbnb customer satisfaction expert, <laughs> I don't know what you call him, his name's Cedar. Cedar. I'm Cedar. How are you? You know my brother Cypress, my Aunt Pine, and my Uncle Oak? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to branch out and get more people to name themselves after trees. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, she writes, uh, my name is Cedar, and I'm with Airbnb's trust team. It's a trust team. It has come to our attention that you were a keynote speaker for the 2021 American Renaissance Conference earlier this month in Tennessee. Again, I don't know what it was. I didn't hear about it. I wasn't invited. I probably wouldn't have gone anyway. 
but that's not about this. Uh, <clears throat> it has come to our attention, blah, blah, blah. Airbnb's community policies prohibit people who are members of or actively associate with known hate groups due to your promotion and participation in a known white nationalist and white supremacist conference. We have determined that we will remove your account from Airbnb. This is consistent with action we've taken to ban people associated with this conference in past years. Two points real quick. First, Airbnb is a private company. If they want to do that to their, their customers and members, I think that's a right. I don't think it's smart business. Uh, secondly, it's, well, it's a horrible business practice, but what troubles me about it is that, that who's next? Uh, they also banned uh, her husband. As I said, he's not a political guy. He's just her husband. They're married. They have kids. So there's nothing uh, extremist or political about him. I have no idea what his ideologies are. I just know he's married to her. So uh, the letter continues, as we can see that your Airbnb travels are typically reserved via your husband's accounts. Airbnb's, again, trust team. You can trust us until you can't. Member Cedar told both my husband and me, we will also proceed in removing his account. Uh, Michelle writes, neither of us had ever had a negative review complaint or policy violation of any kind. Are my kids next? Are yours? Surprise, no response from Airbnb to my media inquiries on how many other family members of banned conservatives and nationalist Airbnb customers have been swept into their thought police dragnets. And Cedar closed the email by informing Michelle that the only way to appeal the decision is if our understanding that you participated in the 2021 American Renaissance Conference is incorrect. Uh, so if you spoke there, you can't, you're banned. Your husband's banned. I don't know if her kids would be banned. But I mean, this is, again, I think Airbnb has a right. And I don't know anything about the American Renaissance Conference. I know I've written, I've read uh, things on VDare that I agreed with and things that I thought were stupid and dumb. Uh, for instance, Michelle had a piece up there not too long ago when the a minority owner of the Warriors basically said he doesn't care what China is doing to Uyghur Muslims or to anyone else. He doesn't care about human rights transgressions that China is committing. And a lot of people ripped him for it because, I mean, what a jackass. But... Uh, Michelle had a piece basically praising the guy for not being woke, which made zero sense to me, uh, and, and praised him for saying he didn't care. Well, what do you mean he didn't care? Why is that a good thing to say you don't care if people are being oppressed? You can say there, there's, uh, there's other issues I'm focusing on, but I don't like that. So I don't understand why she would write that. It was kind of kind of pathetic, quite frankly. And again, I was at one time a, a massive Michelle Malkin fan. She's the reason I started blogging. She's the reason I do podcasts. Uh, and it, it was hurtful to see her align herself with America first and some of the garbage 
that is in that group. And I did a lot of research into them and it was painful for me to unlink michellemalkin.com uh, from my blog. I mean, she was, I used to call her my blogging role model, but this isn't about that. This is about businesses targeting people. So who's next? I mean, will Michelle Malkin or her husband try to make reservations at Hilton or Marriott or Holiday Inn or wherever and be told, we, we can't have you here? See, this is a road that is very perilous for everybody. And this is a road that if you look at cancel culture, how far it's gone, how far the wokedom has grown, how much it's grown, how malig malignant it is, then you see how it can get completely out of hand very quickly. And what's next? Banks are going to start contacting you and saying, we don't like your politics. We don't like the things you write or the things you say on a podcast or, or whatever. So we're going to close your accounts. Well, okay, you can say, oh, well, screw them. I'll get another bank. What if the next bank does what this bank did? And then another bank. And then a credit union. At a certain point, you see where this leads. And it's not a good place. So I would urge y'all to, to contact Airbnb and say, whether, whether you agree with Michelle or not on issues, it's not important. That's not the issue of this. The issue of this is companies targeting people for their ideas and how quickly that spreads and how uh, really how totalitarian some corporations are becoming. Uh, so just maybe contact Airbnb and say, you know what, if you have an account there, tell them you can cancel me. I'm not using it anymore and this is why. Maybe when they start to feel that sting of not getting clients, maybe they'll say, wait a minute, this is a two-way street. And maybe we should leave people's politics out of it. If you are a person that is a good customer with Airbnb, you use them, you, they get paid, everybody's happy. Maybe we should just stick to that. Again, enough of that, my friends. Uh, here is a piece. I found it on MSNBS. Uh, from January the 28th, Keisha N. Blaine, who's an MSNBS opinion columnist, which means she's just a slight tick above being as stupid as a salon slate or Vox writer, opinion, uh, opinion columnist. Uh, she writes that the future of affirmative action is once again at stake after the U.S. Supreme Court this week argue, agreed to hear cases. How dare the Supreme Court hear cases? Shouldn't they just make up their minds before and say, you know what, you're, you're wrong, get out of here. We don't want to hear your case. We don't have time. We've got to make Airbnb reservations. And that's right, you can't anymore. Uh, but it was brought by students for fair admission. I suppose that's the name of a group I've never heard of. Uh, they, uh, they, they are suing Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. This suit alleges that Harvard discriminates against Asian American students and that UNC discriminates against Asian American applicants and white applicants. 
these criticisms of college admission policies are not new, but the deeply conservative Supreme Court agreeing to hear those criticisms could signal the beginning of the end for affirmative action. You know, I kind of thought that affirmative action would have died by now. We don't need it. It's clear that it's wrong to uh, determine, use race to determine who can go to a college or not. Whatever scores they use, SAT scores or, or different things, fine. Uh, why do you need to, to understand or, or even consider the race or gender or anything else? If they're qualified, they're qualified. Race should not enter into it. Now, understand for saying that, the left will call me a bigot. See, today, if you're the guy or woman, and yes, there are only two genders, sorry. But if you're a man or woman who writes or, or states that it's wrong to use race as a qualification for a job, for entrance into college, for a gym membership, for whatever is wrong. It shouldn't be included. I know as a person who's hired people before, uh, as a person doing interviews and hiring, there's always mechanisms in people that they discriminate. It's part of being a human being. You know, you're interviewing people, and if, if uh, young ladies are very attractive, you might give them points for that subconsciously, but you do if they have a great personality. I mean, how do you differentiate between people when you interview them? So, of course, you're going to use whatever your biases are, and every human being has them. Things you don't like, things you do like. And it's 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 a, a crapshoot many times. I How many times I've been on an interview, interviewed, and the, the person interviewing me was like, oh, I, I wish I could hire you now. And, you, but you've got to talk to, to my boss and could you come in next Tuesday? And as soon as you sit down almost and shake hands, introduce yourself, you realize that this person doesn't like you. There's something about you that they just are turned off by. I don't know where that comes from, but it happens. So trying to get the government involved, especially the federal government, is not the way to handle that. To ha how to handle that is to say, that's human nature. Get over it. You win some, you lose some. Uh, she continues eliminating affirmative action policies in higher education would have devastating consequences on students from marginalized communities. These policies, which conservatives have tried to eliminate since their inception, are designed to help redress centuries of educational and economic equality in the United States. Well... We've not even been around for 300 years. So I think using the word centuries is, it's an emotionalistic appeal. It's been centuries this has been going on, really, when it hasn't. And what's wrong with a policy that says ignore the skin color of someone? The transgressions America had with race were all based on what in the past? That person's black. They shouldn't be able to vote. That person's black. They should be a slave. That person's black. I don't want them living in this state. I don't care if they're a free slave. They have to move on. They can't live here in states like Indiana, for instance. It's about discriminating against their skin color or their national origin. Irish people, Italian people, Chinese people. You just keep going. 
why do you try to fix that problem that existed then by creating a different different form of discrimination now those policies are not needed in this country they should go away there is no reason no reason uh that any child regardless of the race religion gender yada 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 should be given extra credit getting to college any uh, in any other capacity but their performance in high school if colleges really want to fix problems, maybe they should do a better job of educating kids. Maybe they should be less about getting as much money as they possibly can out of every student. Maybe they should say this is a free speech zone, this entire campus, because it's in America. If you don't like freedom of speech, maybe you shouldn't attend here. There's many, thing, many things colleges could do to improve themselves, including having a far more diverse, intellectually, ideologically diverse staff of professors but no let's focus on skin color i don't believe in affirmative action i never have never ever have she also cites uh, a speech during a uh, or on june 4th 1965 at howard university president lyndon baines johnson whose administration introduced such policies provided his rationale for them. He explained, you do not take a person who for years has been hobbled by chains and liberate him. Bring him up to the starting line of a race and then say, you're free to compete with all the others and still justly believe that you have been completely fair. Well, if you find a slave that's still living, you can give him a free college. But you can't find those people anymore. They're dead. The people who own them are dead. This is not about progress. I know they call themselves progressive. They don't believe in progress. This is about regressive tactics and policies that keep us locked in on race and keep the government all powerful over everybody. The government will solve your problems. Then the government comes in and makes it worse. Then the government says, oh, we screwed up. We're going to fix it. Then they make it worse and worse and worse. If you want to get college better in all ways, loans, uh, the amount it costs, get the federal government out of the student loan business. That's A. B, let people into colleges based on, well, different colleges, I think, should do different, different standards, uh, whatever they choose, but have those colleges free from government intervention and interference. Let them do what they do. And yes, you need to get some of the people who run uh, colleges now who are getting fat and rich off this scam that is college education. And ultimately, I, I think if parents would say, you know what, I'm not sending my kid, it would be a dream world in a one year if every buyer said, you know what, my kid's not, I'm not giving you any more money. My kid's not enrolling there. Everyone go out of college, give it a few months. And you'll see colleges start to change. But of course, that's never going to happen. And instead, we'll get more student loan debt, more bad education, more woke knuckleheads coming out of college campuses and being on college campuses. And that will not serve the nation well. And yes, affirmative action with all apologies to Keisha in Blaine. No, we don't need affirmative action. We don't need to use race as a preference to erase past times when race was used for preference.
you don't, I mean, you, you don't, uh, you don't heal a fat lip by punching somebody in the nose or punching them in their bottom lip. Do you, you just give them a fatter lip or broken nose. Let's use common sense. And now Adam Carolla, he's a funny guy. used to be on the man show with, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And it was a funny show. And it was, I mean, they had girls in uh, jumping on trampolines was a segment. I think the the closing segment. They had a guy who could chug like two beers in five seconds. They had a lot of funny stuff on there and good stuff. Of course, feminists were offended. The overly conservative were offended. And when those two groups are offended, that almost certainly guarantees that stuff is funny. But he said something that's causing a stir, outrage maybe even. There's, there's even a possibility that butthurt may occur. Adam Carolla made a statement on the Hannity show. First thing is I'm shocked that Sean Hannity actually shut up long enough to let someone else speak on his show. I mean, Sean Hannity starts by having guests. He introduced them and he, then he leads into a question. And five minutes later, it seems he's still asking the question and then gives about 30 seconds to respond. The one criticism I have of Sean Hannity, well, that and his hair. Uh, Adam Carolla said that nobody would listen to AOC if she was fat and in her 60s. Does that make you upset? Does that make you as a woman upset or as a person with glasses upset or as a cute girl upset? It's true. She's cute. That's one reason why she is uh, probably the biggest reason. Well, that and the incredibly stupid thing she says. It's like a train wreck every time she opens her mouth. But there is, uh, according to MSN, there's a video clip. Yes, a video clip of radio personality Adam Carolla claiming Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would not be listened to if she was fat and old. That clip's gone viral. You know what that means? Outrageous outrage has emerged again. Corolla made these comments while speaking on Sean Hannity's show on Wednesday, and a clip of it has been viewed over 350,000 times on Twitter. Corolla and host Hannity were discussing the latest controversy surrounding The View host Whoopi Goldberg, who was recently suspended from the show after she claimed the Holocaust was not about race. AOC defended Goldberg while speaking to TMZ and said a suspension was not necessary, a sentiment Hannity agreed with. I agree with that also. I would not have suspended her. I don't think it serves any purpose. Uh, I mean, the people who don't like Whoopi Goldberg don't watch The View anyway. Okay? If the Jewish community had accepted Goldberg's apology, if I offend you, in other words, and I apologize to you and you say, you know what, I understand, it's it's over, bury it, let's hug it out, that's no one else's damn business. And that's the way I believe about this. I know a lot of conservatives are happy to see uh, someone who, who likes the cancel culture getting canceled. But it's not going to educate Whoopi. Whoopi's not going to go, oh, you know what? I don't support cancel culture BS anymore. It's just not going to happen. 
discussing these latest comments, Corolla said it was hypocritical or hypercritical, I'm sorry, stance from AOC. However, he said this because she did not come to the defense of other talk show hosts who have faced backlash or suspension for their comments. See, AOC, you have to be consistent. And we all know you're a leftist. And leftism is an ideology of consistent inconsistencies. It's whatever's convenient at the time. If it's convenient to defend somebody, the left does it. If it's inconvenient, they won't. Again, uh, the only thing consistent about uh, leftism is its inconsistency. It's whatever they need. And that's when Corolla said, if AOC was fat and in her 60s, would anyone listen to any uh, to another thing she ever said? Probably not. Probably not. And of course, you know, the outrage. Oh my God, it's, it's discrimination against women. It's the hate that AOC has to go through. Oh my God, cancel Corolla. Don't let him on TV anymore. Take his podcast away. Beat him with a wet noodle. Uh, make him lock him in a room and make him make him try to decipher something uh, something understandable and and conceivable. What the hell, Joe Biden saying this week? Yes, let's punish Adam Carolla for expressing an opinion. And yes, trying to be funny. And Adam, you have my support. I laughed. AOC, it's true. You're not in there for your brains, kid. Okay. You're cute, and you say outrageous things, and you are easy to write about because you're such a such a foolish young lass, I'd say, and you don't know how the real world works. But hey, I'm just speaking the truth here, right? Adam Carolla, good for you. Don't let them cancel you, my friends. We all have to realize we're in the same boat, and the cancel culture is shooting torpedoes at our boat. And every time a torpedo hits, all of us get closer to sinking and drowning, intellectually speaking. Do you get it yet? We all have to stick together on this one. And now, crime. Let's talk about crime and criminals who commit crimes. And crimes committed by criminals, it's a people problem. I agree with that. So speaking of crime... The headline really says it all on the other McCain blog. Crime is a people problem, which is why you cannot expect Democrats to solve it. And yesterday, Joe Biden went to New York and he was laying out a plan to help New York stop violent crime surge. And as usual, Joe Biden didn't have a flipping clue about anything. Uh, as the other McCain, Robert Stacey McCain writes, Joe Biden went to New York City today today and gave a speech which was billed in advance as addressing the unprecedented crime wave in American cities, but was instead an attack on the Second Amendment. Of course it was. It's always the guns. New York has some of the toughest gun laws in the country, and yet they're washing in, quote, gun violence. They're also a wash in pushing people off the subway platform in front of a train and stabbings and beatings and blunt objects and everything else because criminals are bad people. Violent criminals should be in prison. Let's just start with that premise. If you commit and are arrested, charged, convicted, 
you should be sentenced for a violent crime, carjacking, kidnapping, pushing someone off the subway platform in front of a train, shooting them, stabbing them, beating them with a blunt object, uh, whatever. In my opinion, if it's a truly violent crime, you should never get out of prison. That way, the government, whose number one job is to protect the citizens, be it county, city, state, or federal, then you guarantee that person will never commit another crime. And I don't care if they commit another crime. I don't care if they're victimized in jail, quite frankly. Let's take all those dangerous people and put them in one prison. And whatever happens, happens. I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you if you're a rapist or a child molester or you commit multiple carjacks. I don't care. You get you get what's coming to you, hopefully. I know that's not very biblical. It's not very Christian to me. It's not very woke of me for sure, but am I supposed to spend my life pining away for the fate of brutal people who are evil and commit evil acts on innocent people? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Across the country, police departments uh, reported sharp increases in the number of ghost guns found at crime scenes. That's why today the department is launching an an intensified national ghost gun enforcement initiative. This is Joe Biden speaking. To determine and deter criminals from using those weapons to cover their tracks. Then Joe Biden... Tell me if this is true or not. After announcing the ghost gun situation, he said he's he's contacted Scooby-Doo to, to get uh, Velma and the rest, get in the mystery machine and come to New York and solve it. No, that actually didn't happen. But how far are we from, from Joe Biden actually saying something like that? <clears throat> uh, if you commit a crime with a ghost gun... Biden continued, not only are state and local prosecutors going to come after you, but expect federal charges and federal prosecution as well. We've also created a strike force to crack down on illegal gun trafficking across state lines. As the mayor said, as he pointed out, guns are used to kill people in New York City. They aren't made in New York City. They aren't sold in New York City. They are sold in other places. Really? So you're saying that people are breaking laws to get guns, and your solution, Joe, is more laws. Let that sink in, people. This didn't work, so we're going to do more of it. This has no effect in the positive, so we're going to do more of it. We know the laws don't work. They never have, but we're going to make sure that we keep using and improving those laws And they're still not going to work, but look at us. We care. Uh, Today, the Attorney General, that's Merrick Garland, uh, is sending additional prosecutorial resources to help shut down what's referred to, as you all know, as the Iron Pipeline. Who had heard of the Iron Pipeline before that? Nobody. Uh, That funnels guns from shops in states like Georgia to crime scenes in Baltimore and Philadelphia and New York and so many other places. Somebody's been making up stuff. Joe, 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 did you miss nap time? Uh, I'll keep doing everything in my power to make sure that communities are safe. But Congress needs to do its part too. And here it comes. The 
the of course we have to go there cult of gun control useless talking points pass universal background checks <sighs> we already have background checks joe and yeah it's if i could sell a gun to a neighbor it, it wouldn't require a background check but if they're willing to commit a crime i'm willing to commit a crime is making it the law going to stop me from doing it? Of course not. Of course not. Because criminals don't obey laws. If I were a criminal, I wouldn't obey the law and I'd sell the gun anyway. If it was a bad guy needed a gun, I'd buy it anyway. Don't you see that, Joe? It isn't that hard. Uh, ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Those just terms, assault weapon... A high-capacity magazine. Uh, and what does high-capacity even mean? They'll figure that out later. And I guarantee they'll start at a number and continue to go down. And they'll continue to target different weapons. Remember, most laws, gun control laws, written in states, when they ban, quote, high-capacity magazines, <clears throat> they actually ban the guns or guns that can accept a magazine of uh, of uh, above a certain number, 10 or 12 or 15, whatever arbitrary number they want to put. So you may have a firearm that has a, a 10 mount round magazine. You may carry that every day or a 12 round or 11 round or whatever number you want to throw out there. But that gun, what if they ban any magazine above 15, 15 capacity? That's it. So if you have a 17-round magazine for the gun that you carry a 10-round magazine in, that gun would be illegal because the guns that can accept said high-capacity magazines are the targets. People don't take time to appreciate what these laws do and how they're written. <clears throat> uh, close loopholes and keep out of the hands of domestic abusers. Weapons, repeal the liability shield for gun manufacturers. I've never understood this one. Of course, I'm using common sense here. The liability shield for gun manufacturers means that if if someone goes out and buys a firearm <clears throat> and they decide to go commit a mass shooting, they buy the weapon, they load the weapon, they start pulling the trigger, shooting things, shooting people. The gun is, manuf is manufactured to, if you put a bullet in it, in the chamber and pull the trigger, it will go bang. The bullet will come out. That is how guns are designed. In other words, if you're shooting someone with a gun, be it self-defense, be it you're a bad person, whatever, the gun is not is not malfunctioning. The gun was not manufactured improperly. It's like saying a car that someone mows down people in, I don't know, a small town in Wisconsin, a Christmas parade. The media has forgotten that story. Ever noticed that? But it's like saying that uh, whatever kind of car or SUV that was that he used, they should sue the, the manufacturer because the car, when put in drive and the accelerator hit, it went forward. That's how much sense it makes. It's a move so that gun manufacturers can be sued into oblivion. That's the only purpose for it. And by the way, before you hear this next part, understand that Joe Biden is lying through his teeth here. 
lying, knowingly lying. He continued, imagine we had a liability. Uh, Imagine we had, we had a liability. They're the only industry in America that is exempted from being able to be sued by the public. The only one. That's a lie, Joe. I remember a case not long ago. There was uh, the parents of a kid, of a young man. He went hunting, had a new rifle. I'm not certain of the manufacturer, so I'm not going to mention the name. But apparently, there was something wrong with that rifle that uh, that this manufacturer had put out, and he was killed from an accidental discharge. So yes his parents sued and won because the manufacturer messed something up and the gun was completely unsafe. Again, um, if you've ever, if you had a, uh, certain firearms that have been found to have a, a default, the manufacturer will, will reach out and say, here, send it back. We'll fix it. We'll send it back to you. Here's how to ship the gun and all that. So for a manufacturer to, to produce a, a, a product that is, that's a firearm that fails or, or malfunctions and gets somebody killed, of course they can be sued. So people who say they cannot be sued under any circumstances are lying and they know they're lying. Understand that. The left lies with the ease with which you and I breathe. The truth is meaningless to the left. Meaningless. Imagine had that been the way with cigarette manufacturers. Where the hell would we be? Well, Joe would never know where he was now. Let's be honest. Where the heck would we be? We'd be in tough shape. Joe would probably be ordering a double scoop of ice cream or something somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Why gun manufacturers, because of the power of their lobbying ability, it's got to end, end. They've got to be held responsible for the things that they do that are irresponsible. Tell me what they're doing that's irresponsible, Joe. They're making products. They're selling them. That sounds like someone doing business, quite frankly. A legal business that is constitutionally enshrined in the Second Amendment, Joe. I'm not going to take the time to explain the Second Amendment again. I've done it too many times. It's not hard to read or decipher what the Second Amendment says. It's not. People who say it's complicated or convoluted or confusing are lying to you, lying deliberately to you because they have purposes and aims and goals that aren't good or pure and are not American. And folks, he continued, you know, it's the only industry in America, as I said, that's exempt from being sued. Again, that's a lie, Joe. Lie, lie, lie. And I think I find it to be outrageous. Now, where's the ice cream? We're out there going to be little girls here. I can sniff their hair. Come on. You can feel my, my leg, my hair leg. It's long. No? Damn. I'm not giving a speech here anymore. I want to see those gun makers. Because the little girls here, I can sniff their hair. A pathetic. Abs- these lies and lies and lies. And, and I use the term cult of gun control for people who support these lies and believe these lies because they are truly so out of touch with reality that they don't, they actually believe his lies and they'll swear to them. You can give them a case and say, here, look, 
Winchester or Remington or whatever manufacturer you want to put out there have been sued in the number in the past number of years for making faulty pro, uh, products. They won't believe you. They prefer being ignorant and delusional and offended and upset than being educated and, and eased and comfortable with, with current law. They are cult-like. If you've ever tried to debate someone really into gun control, it's literally like talking to a parrot, except the parrot has an excuse for not having a different answer. A parrot only has vocabulary to a certain amount of words. Uh, the other McCain says, you see that he's portraying Democrat-run cities, New York, Baltimore, Philadelphia, etc., as victims of shops selling guns in states like Georgia and the lobbying by gun manufacturers. That means advertising, by the way. As if this were the explanation of why crime is out of control in places where Democrats are pursuing uh, social justice agenda of turning criminals loose in the streets. That has nothing to do with crime. You can turn a violent person out of prison and they're just not never going to do anything violent again, ever. Did you know that? Of course, that's what the left tells us. Everything could be solved, Biden implies, if only Congress would enact the laws he wants. The speech Biden gave was merely a distraction from the actual cause of this crime wave. <coughs> and here we go. Crime is a people problem. It's not a drug problem. It's not a poverty problem or a gun problem. Crime is caused by bad people, criminals, who will commit crime more or less continuously unless they're put behind bars. The only way you can reduce crime is to identify the criminals, arrest them, and send them to prison. It doesn't really matter what they're arrested and convicted for, burglary, assault, drug possession, car theft, whatever. What matters is that you convict them of something and get them off the streets. Put enough thugs in prison and the would-be thugs on the street will be discouraged from following in their footsteps. That's from the other McCain uh, earlier this week. Uh, that's what he wrote. He was talking about a, a running gun battle in Polk County, Florida. I mentioned that on the podcast a day or two ago. <clears throat> now, the other McCain questions this. He says, if this is so obvious, why doesn't anyone in, in the Biden administration see it that way? Because everyone in the Biden administration is a Democrat. And Democrats are the party of crime. Oh, they'll never admit to that, but look at the results of their actions, defunding the police, demoralizing police, making want to take qualified immunity from police and make it easier for them to be sued, even if they're acquitted of doing something wrong because there was no evidence. They can still be sued into oblivion. Going after lawful gun owners and the guns they own. making police the bad guys, excusing violent behavior. They excuse DAs who drop charges and lessen charges and let somebody get early release. They set bail too low. Judges do sometimes. All of those things that encourage and allow more violent crime, the left never mentions. 
elected to office by criminals. That's the Democrats. The people who elect Democrats are very bad people, the other McCain writes. Dishonest, violent, drug-addicted perverts, the vilest scum of humanity, and they are concentrated in the communities where criminal activity is so prevalent as to be a way of life. A policy of sending thieves, burglars, pimps, rapists, drugs, uh, drug dealers to prison will be opposed by Democratic officials because these crimes are part of the habitual lifestyle of the voters who elect Democrats. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but I know there's a lot of excusing of violent crime. I know there's a lot of excuse making. They blame poverty. They blame racism. They blame past discrimination. They blame this and that. They blame everything except the lack of fathers in minority neighborhoods. If you bring that up, then you're a racist and they will attack you and rip you to shreds if they can to silence you. But the blame is never put on the criminals. It's always on the police, it's on the economy, it's on past racism, it's on this, it's on that. It's never about the criminal. Democrats refuse to take personal responsibility of crimes and put it on criminals. In a nutshell, that's it. Try this sometime, the other McCain offers. Google mall arrest shooting. Who is typically involved in shootings at shopping malls? Here's a hint. It's not Republican voters. And here's a headline. Teen arrested in Brooklyn Mall shooting that left two injured. Now listen to the details of the story. Three reputed gang members have been charged with allegedly shooting two teens at a Brooklyn Mall. A midday melee that sent 10 rounds flying in a sneaker shop. Cops and law enforcement sources said Tuesday. Timothy Briggs, 19, allegedly pulled a gun during the dispute at 2.30 p.m. Monday inside King's Plaza Shopping Center in Mill Basin, firing roughly 10 shots at six young men, striking two of them ages 14 and 16. Briggs, a reported member of the Bloodhound Brims gang, the Bloodhound Brims, what the and two other teens have been charged in the shooting, which sources say is believed to be, here's a shocker, gang-related. Most of them are. Most of them are. Why don't you get law enforcement and clean up the gangs? Period. Why don't you actually go after the gangs instead of excusing them and crying to fund the police? Briggs was charged with two counts each of attempted murder, assault, criminal possession of a loaded firearm, criminal use of a firearm, and four counts of reckless endangerment, authorities said. The teen was arrested last November in Brooklyn and charged with criminal possession of a weapon after officers allegedly found two Glock pistols on him following a car chase, according to the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. Uh, bail in that case, which is still pending, had been set at $25,000. Briggs posted a $2,500 bond and was out at the time of Monday's shooting, according to the Office of Court Administration. So you don't keep violent people in prison. You don't keep them locked up. You don't set bail very high. No, that would be racist. We have to let the little gangbanging thugs go out and shoot people at malls. Because... If we don't, we're racist or something, I guess. <clears throat> uh, Chief Michael Kemper said, here he is in Kings Plaza, armed with another gun. 
firing shots in the mall, which is open, uh, said Chief Michael Kemper, commanding officer of Patrol Borough Brooklyn South, told reporters at a Monday press briefing. Uh, Jaheem Covington, 19, was also hit with multiple raps in connection to the shooting. Authorities said, sources said he is an alleged member of the Depend on Nobody gang. There's also a new gang I hear in that town. And it's a lot of elderly people, apparently, with incontinence issues. It's called the Depends on Everybody gang. And dangerous. They're not going to shoot you. They're going to start slinging their diapers at you. Stay away from those goons. Stacey McCain asked this question, what is a ghost gun? Is it a gun that haunts people? Says boo when you turn off the lights. Was a gun used by Timothy Briggs sold in a Georgia gun shop and smuggled to New York via the, quote, iron pipeline? Would changing laws, universal background checks, etc., have prevented Briggs from shooting up the mall? No, nothing that Biden has proposed would have prevented this crime. What would have prevented it would be, A, not to let this teenage monster out on bail, and B, send him to prison for a long time. By the way, who bailed Briggs out of jail when he was caught with two guns in November? Did his mama just happen to have a spare 2500 bucks lying around the house? Or is it more likely, as I suspect, that the bail money came from the proceeds of Briggs' drug trafficking? What do you think these people do for cash anyway? See, I thought they sang or something. I thought they danced or wrote thrillers. Who knows? But think about that. That is uh, that is absolutely uh, common sense. What Stacey McGinn is talking about. It is the criminals stupid, and yes, the people out there won't bail reform. They want social justice, this justice, that justice. Defund the cops. Cops are bad. Uh, take guns away from cops. Send social workers on the calls with cops. All these moronic ideas. And yes, let's have DAs that George Soros put in office with his billions of dollars. And let's the, let them drop charges and let thugs out of jail like it's a revolving door. That's not going to stop the violent crime. That's not going to reduce it. That's going to increase it. That's what social justice gets you. Uh, go read all the whole piece at theothermccain.com. Check his other stuff out. Good guy. Um, and, and he writes a lot of things that need to be said. And that's never a bad thing, my friends. Good for him. God bless him. I would say roll tide, but I can't do that right now because I'm not an Alabama fan. But I will say, as I always do in closing, one of the three gold rules of life. Go Gators. And by the way, we had fallen abysmally low on the uh, the recruiting uh, rankings. We were like 72nd or something. We're in the top 20 now. So that new coach looks like he's a pretty good recruiter. And you know what good recruits mean? It means you keep getting talented players. Ah. Step one. So go Gators. If you're left, you just ain't right. It never will be, my friends. And yes, God bless America. And don't vote for Democrats. That's my best advice I can give you. Don't vote for Democrats. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening. 
Good night. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whenever you listen, I appreciate you. God bless you. Take care. Be good. Behave. And uh, if you see somebody buying a lot of aluminum foil in the in the grocery store or uh, wherever they sell aluminum foil, know that they're probably a liberal and they're making themselves some new hats. So when they watch MSNBS or CNN or read something on Slate or Salon or Vox, eh, they're probably just getting ready. They're going to have a tinfoil hat party where they worship the idol of a, a naked Joy Reed. Yes, these are truly disturbed people. God bless y'all. Take care. We will talk to you tomorrow. Be good, my friends. Take care.